on SAFM. Author Jane Griffiths is on the line with me. We're talking about gardening. And Jane, I was, I wanted to know about design. Uh, you know, I've, I've, I felt like I was painting myself into a corner once because <laughs> after planting, not, I had nowhere to walk. Ah, uh, yes. Pathways are very important, uh, especially if you're following the whole no dig because mm. um, you need to have a place to walk. So you need to incorporate pathways into your design. Um, and those are your safe zones. That's, that's where, where you, you, you walk. And, uh, you know, design is it's a, such a personal thing. And mm. the vegetables really don't mind if they're planted in a square bed or a round bed. Mm. Um, they just want good soil. So um, my beds, for example, are very aha organic shapes um they kind of and, and i i made my garden it, it kind of just it spread i started with one little bed and then added another and then added another mm-hmm. and, and then connected them all together so i didn't have a plan beforehand and some of my beds are too big and if some if, if there are listeners who already have beds in their vegetable gardens that are bigger than a door and thinking oh gosh i'm not going to redo my whole vegetable bed just to do the no dig mm-hmm. it's a very simple and yours where you got yourself into a corner just simply put some stepping stones ah. into your vegetable garden those take the place of pathways and those are your safe zones um put them easy an easy step apart and and remember where they are as well because then when <laughs> when the veggies grow um they can get hidden so if you remember where your your stones are those are your safe zones in middle in the middle of your bed because once you then have your pathways on the side and you have beds in the middle um or in between the pathways you then can plant those beds you don't need to leave spaces in between the plants because the spaces that are normally left are left for for walking and now because we're not walking on our soil you can fill your bed with as many plants as it can take so that when they all grow they all just touch one another their Mm -hmm. leaves all just touch one another and what this does is it creates a, a microclimate underneath the leaves and it smothers out weeds it crowds out weeds because you've just got vegetables in the space there are no spaces in between for weeds to mm-hmm. pop up mm-hmm. you're saving water because you're not having the sun baking the soil and additionally those microorganisms that i'm talking was talking about they actually breed more when they're more roots so the more plants you have the more roots you have the more vegetables, the more beneficial insects you have in your vegetable beds. Now, should your herbs and vegetables be separate beds, or can you incorporate them? Yeah, when I first started growing herbs, I had this idea of having this beautiful separate herb (laughs) wheel, you know, one of those wheels that looked like a pizza, you know, with different um, herbs in each section. But the plants had another idea, and they decided to, you know, go marching out of my herb wheel and into the vegetable garden, and I landed up running out of space one year, and I pinched a bit of space in the herb garden for some cauliflowers, and, and I discovered along the way that it was actually a really good idea to incorporate herbs into the vegetable garden um, for a lot of reasons. The, the, the herbs have got many different properties other than just adding great taste to our food. Um, they're herbs that repel insects, the, the harmful insects, the ones that we don't want in our vegetable garden, all those strong smelling ones, mm. um, even lavender and rosemary. rosemary. Mm. Mm, the other ones like tansy, uh, feverfew, they're very strong smelling. Plus, they have beautiful flowers and often simple yellow and white flowers that insects love. Mm. All, the, all the beneficial insects above the ground, the butterflies, bees, etc., those are invited into our garden if you include herbs. 
So a, a big mixture. You want a nice big mixture of herbs, flowers, edible flowers, and vegetables in your garden. Now, chilies. I have a beautiful chili tree, but I've just moved it from one. I had to move it from one place to another. And it, my tree looks like it's, it's, it's suffering a bit, and I don't know what to do. Um, look, it's a good time of year to have moved it. Um, did you, did, uh, the, best, the best way to transplant something, you need to trim it back when you transplant it. Ah. Because then you, you, what you want to do when you transplant it, you want to encourage the, the roots to settle in. So you want to encourage all the energy to go to the roots. So you want to cut back the top section of it a little bit because otherwise it's putting energy to both and, and the whole plant suffers. So before you've probably already done it, but before, generally before you transplant, cut the plant back a bit and, and then transplant it and water and feed it well. It's not too late now. If it's still alive, it is. then cut back any dead, sad-looking bits. Mm -hmm. Water it well. And when I say water it well, don't water it a little sprinkle every day. Every kind of three to four days give it a good deep watering but uh, it's in the sun it's outside so it's in the sun and um, it gets rained on of course you're in the western cape you're having rain yes. aren't you yes. yes and i wouldn't worry about the water it might be landing up might land up sometimes roots can get waterlogged as well but i doubt it in your sandy soil mm -hmm. yeah okay so so we, we i would okay. also give it a feed give it a feed after it's been transplanted and especially now with spring coming up it's a good time to to give it a boost so that it'll it'll encourage it to start sprouting and 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 developing new branches fantastic thank you for that i'll let you know how that goes Good. on your delicious herbs book jane's delicious herbs I was very excited when I found recipes for herbs, so herbal recipes and for well-being especially. Now, that's something very special I haven't seen much of in other kind of gardening books. Now, how did you discover these? Well, I'm the, I'm the daughter of a, of a pharmacist. My, my late father was a, was a pharmacist, so I suppose it kind of, you know, I, I grew up around lotions and potions and pestles and mortars and that kind of thing, you know. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, when I was a kid, I, I kind of believed that there was a pill for everything mm -hmm. because that's the environment that I grew up in. And, as you know, obviously there isn't, you know, for all the miracles of modern medicine. And I do believe in many. I'm not a, I don't reject modern medicine. I just like to combine it with my own homemade remedies. And... Once I started growing herbs, it made a lot of sense for me to immediately start investigating just how else I can use them other than, you know, adding parsley to an omelette. Um, I'm asthmatic, so the first thing that I started investigating was which herbs can I start using to help me build up my resistance to allergies um, and then how to make them and you know many of these herbs they, they you know how much how much rosemary can one family actually use so I started looking at other ways of using them to, to make the most use and so many of these remedies so many of these things have been around for centuries centuries and I'm just tapping into those and they are so easy to make um, to make a tincture for example um, where you put a whole lot of herbs into a bottle and you top it up with alcohol and you leave it for a few weeks giving it a shake every now and again it depends on how what type of herbs or how long you leave it you strain the herbs off and you pour the, the alcohol which now was clear in the beginning and is now a very dark color because it's extracted all the essences from the herbs 
you pop that into a dark bottle and you take a quarter of a teaspoon of endosulfan whenever you need it for whatever the ailment is and you can start healing yourself and at least start building up your own resistance. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Otherwise on SAFM. Growing and using herbs in South Africa, Jane's Delicious Herbs, and Jane's on the line with me. That sounds... What alcohol were you suggesting we put in there, Jane? Yeah, I just use vodka. Ah. Because it's... Are you looking for something that doesn't have a taste? Mm. Vodka is flavorless. However, if you are looking for something, for example, I make a lovely after-dinner mint liqueur, which is a digestive as well, mm. you, you, you then want to maybe put it with something that has got a bit of a flavor. So you can use, you can use brandy. You can use any alcohol, really. Uh, for people who don't drink alcohol, you can also do a similar thing using glycerin. Glycerin also extracts the essences from herbs. And uh, there are many other ways. You know, you can use... Vinegar is a great one to infuse mm. with herbs. And the really nice thing about doing doing these things, making these things, is, uh, you know, I can't remember when I last bought a hostess gift. When I go to dinner parties, I will take something that I've made. I'll oh, take a herbal course. vinegar or mm. I'll take a, a rich face cream that I've made with using beeswax and um, jojoba oils and herbs infused and olive oil mixed all together. And there's something so empowering knowing that I can go and pick some herbs and just pop it on a little pot on the stove and fiddle with it a little bit, add this, and I make a face cream. I don't have to go and buy something expensive. <laughs> Time of the month brew. Lots of ladies are going to love that one. Ah, uh, time of the month brew. You know, there's so many different herbs that that affect us and help us. Um, I can't think of the ingredients of the time of the month. You've got it open right there. I'm trying to think of well, the ingredients. Well, I, I, I know that the, the, there's a combination of herbs, you said, that will reduce the mood swings, like yes. hot flushes and night sweats, and that can accompany menopause. But also, time of the month brew is... Um, this, what primrose evening primrose evening leaves primrose. It'll and have flowers sage. yes yes um well self heal and well sage is one of sage is a very good one for night sweat mm-hmm. um and a lot raspberry of, and parsley raspberry raspberry leaf is mm-hmm. also a very good one for that and a lot of these things what you do you know people say to me oh but i don't have the time i don't have time to actually go and make all these things and the nice thing about that about that brew is that you you get the ingredients together and they're dry ingredients and you also you don't have to grow them yourself you can go to you know pharmacies Mm. um there are all sorts of outlets health stores that actually supply all of these herbs in dried form which is fabulous so you go and you you gather the ingredients together you pop them in a bag mix them together and and put them um into a bottle an airtight bottle and then every evening or every morning or when you're feeling moody you know when you start a feeling coming on you just make yourself a cup of tea the same way as you would make a cup of tea you know normally you just use the herbs instead of tea leaves jane where do we find these books um most of my books are available because there is a third one as well but it's gone out of print unfortunately um they are available at exclusive books Mm -hmm. uh they're available some of the the available bigger builders warehouses most nurseries will stock Ah. um, my books as well and then they're also available online 
Okay. They're available, um, you know, most of the online bookstops, bookshops will have them. And a lot of good, you know, the good bookshops will have them. What's the third one that I don't have? I've got gel- Delicious Herbs and Delicious Garden. There was one in the middle. It was called Jane's Delicious Kitchen. And that was all ah. about using seasonal recipes, um, using, using ingredients as they come out of the garden, number one, to make delicious um, seasonal food, stuff that is in season is the best for you and it costs the least. And preserves, I hope. And then preserves. So oh. how to take that and extend it. I'll give you an, a quick example. In, in summer when you've got all that basil pouring out of the garden and, you know, you're getting tired of eating basil, mm-hmm. just take the basil and layer it in, in a bottle and as you layer it, add olive oil. Keep adding layers and layers and layers of basil leaves and then fill it up until eventually you've got a bottle filled with basil leaves mm-hmm. covered with olive oil seal it pop it on a shelf shake it a little bit to make sure you get air pockets out um, seal it pop it on a shelf and um, in the middle of winter just drizzle a bit of that delicious basil flavored olive oil onto a pasta or into a salad dressing you can fish the leaves out and add them into a sauce and then as long as you keep topping the bottle up so that the leaves are covered with olive oil you'll have that throughout winter oh you're so amazing jane thank you so much for your time and keep gardening because well, you know the more you garden is the more we get the benefits so thank, thank you, you so well, very much thank you so much. much for having me on the show Shadow. No, thank you jane okay you take care thank you bye bye Jane's Delicious Herbs, Jane's Delicious Garden, and Jane's Delicious Kitchen. They're all available at all good bookstores. When we come back, talking about the Mzansi International Culinary Festival with Nompumele Lomkwebu. Sick of always missing your favorite SAFM shows? Well, now you don't have to. We have a free podcast service that allows you to access them directly from your cell phone, PC, or tablet, whenever and wherever you're ready to listen. Go to safm.co.za and click on podcast. This takes you to the SAFM page on iono.fm. Follow at iono.fm on Twitter or like it on Facebook for regular updates. You never have to miss your favorite shows. SAFM podcasts powered by iono.fm. Otherwise, on SAFM. Is one of the organizers of the Mzansi International Culinary First Festival. I thought we would be talking to Chef Colindo here, but apparently she's in the middle of a demonstration, and I'm so happy and excited to welcome Nompumelelo. Hello, Nompumelelo. Hello. Hi, Hazel. It's not Hazel, it's Chado. Oh, sorry, Chado. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Tell us about the Mzansi International Culinary Festival. Well, Mzanzi International Culinary Festival is a celebration of the food of the African diaspora. Uh, but this time we've invited international chefs such as Darina Allen from Ireland of Flow Food to come and join us, celebrate this, while we highlight the importance of talking about the lack of women in culinary leadership. Really? Mm. What, what do you mean? The, uh, there, aren't, there aren't women? I, I would have thought they were the most. No, there are a lot of women in culinary, but uh, when you get to the positions of head chefs, sous chefs, and exec chefs, oh. you barely find women. Oh. So we're starting the dialogue to say, what is the problem? What do women need to work on? What can we say is the hindrance to women getting to those high positions of leadership? Okay, and what, what, what speakers do you have? Okay, from um, actually, from the 7th of August, uh, firstly at UJ, School of Tourism and Hospitality, 
Dr. Diane Abrams will be hosting us with 200 people, of which your listeners uh, have an opportunity to join in. The first 200 people will go in free. They will get to listen to Chef Alice Askew of the Black Chefs Alliance Global, mm-hmm. who will be talking about uh, culinary development, and he comes from New York. Okay. We will also have... Um, Chef Monique Labatt, who will be advising people on how to publish your own cookbook online. And then they will get to meet the visiting international chefs uh, before the event starts, which starts on the 8th of August. But me, every, every time I hear chef, I hear culinary festival, then I want to eat something. When do we start eating? <laughs> on the 8th of August, then you start eating because we're going to have the, the visiting chefs and our African diaspora chefs doing tastings cooking demonstrations but there would also be food talks so we would have four demonstrations a day and four food talks and some of the food topics that we're discussing is things like food security and sustainability we are talking about feeding our nation and how to feed our children oh that's Um, fantastic Mm, it's not only talking about the industry-related matters, but just to talk about the nation at large, how w- nutrition, talking about supporting your local producer, because that's another thing we want to highlight to people. Um, like right now, I'm at the Good Food and Wine Show celebrating os- ostrich meat and I'm going to be making people taste that. So we need to be promoting our own things as opposed to promoting other culinary food from different parts of the world. Mm. So um, anybody can come, anybody can attend these talks especially? Yes, on the 7th of August, um, the first 200 people will go in free and they'll be getting lunch uh, uh, courtesy of uh, UJ School of Tourism and Hospitality. And then from the 8th of August till the 10th, they can go to compute tickets and buy tickets to attend the, the, the show. It's for us because it's our first year. We're trying to make sure that everybody manages to get in. So there's just one ticket and you get in and you can stay the whole day and you can see all the shows and go do tastings. There'll be the Ethiopian stand, there will be Sierra Leone stand, there will be South African stand where Osisfoli will also be doing some food demos and people can come and do those tastings. I'm, I'm curious, the Ethiopian food tastes so beautiful. I, I, I'd love to learn how to cook that. So it sounds like an amazing uh, uh, festival and I, I really want to, to uh, know what happens as far as, you know, what, what your findings will be, especially about the issue of women not leading in the top positions as, as far as the culinary industry is concerned. So please give us feedback. How do people then, people can go to CompuTicket and, and is there a website people can visit to find out more? Yes. Yes, they can go to www.micf, which stands for Mzansi International Culinary Festival. Mm-hmm. So that's www.micf.co.za. We also have a Facebook page, also called Mzansi International Culinary Festival, uh, where they can send uh, their questions, where they can look at the program, and also they can email us and inquire about the various things they would like to know regarding the show. But I think it, it would be amazing. We've got, um, I've, I've mentioned Chef Karina Allen, but we also have a Michelin star chef from France, uh, mm. Rogudia, who's originally from Senegal, but has made it big in France. We also have some amazing ladies coming out of New York, like Chef Danielle Saunders. Um, and one of the most inspiring as well is uh, Chef Janice Wong, who's coming from Singapore. She's uh, the best pastry chef in Asia, 2013-2014. So she does amazing, amazing edible artwork. 
Well, it sounds it sounds very exciting, as I say, and it's all what at UJ the first day, and then it moves to Bromfontein. And then, and then yes, on the eighth to the tenth, it will be at Bromfontein Recreation Centre. Um, and it's amazing because it's quite close to the uh, Howe train station, so people could park their cars, get on the train, and walk two minutes into Bramfontein Recreation Centre and enjoy the show. And at the end of the show, they can get back on the Howe train and pick up their cars. Well, I hope to see you there. Thank you so much for talking to us. And, and give, give Chef Koli a, a, a love from us. Uh, and, and we'll talk to we'll her see. another time. Thank you so we'll much, Nompumelelo. Thank you very much. Thank and, you, Shadow. And good luck, eh? Thank you, Shadow. Thank you. Take care now. Uh, go on to www.micf, uh, which stands from Zanzi International Culinary Festival, and you'll get all the information there. It's the first for Johannesburg, and I think it's a it's a great one to attend. It's going to change the 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 event guide of of Johannesburg because if this is going to be an annual event then we all would look forward to it. I spoke to Lindy where yesterday, uh, Lindy where Settle, was it yesterday, day before, day before yesterday. And uh, I thought today would listen to some of her music. It's sort of like that Friday dancey kind of music. And I thought, why don't we listen to this? Okay. Something you know Missing the people They've all gone home In the twilight Comes to hide you You'll disappear Over the night Eyes wide shut Blinded by gold Everyone's searching For what they've been told And the last race Guides to nowhere Relief for your eyes You're finding the dark From the twilight
from Kamikaze Art, and I said it was a dancey tune. It wasn't the one I wanted to play by Lindra Suttle, but we will play it later. This one was called Twilight. It is now time for Nali Bali. Like sweet little dears, it's time for a story with Nali Bali. Mr. Shabalala's Garden. Mr. Shabalala lived on a big piece of land. He had a lovely house, an apple tree, hens, and a vegetable patch. The apple tree was very big. The branches stretched far into his garden and over the wall into the field behind. When there were apples, they were rosy red, crunchy, and delicious. Sometimes there were so many apples, he didn't know what to do with them. I have everything that I need. This is a wonderful life indeed. His hens gave him large brown eggs with yolks as yellow as the sun. He could not eat all the eggs that his hens laid. So some eggs hatched and he had more chickens than anyone else in the town. The vegetable patch was always full of wonderful things to eat and cook. But sometimes there were too many pumpkins, mealies, potatoes, and other vegetables. All these fruits and vegetables are mine. All mine. But Mr. Shabalala was not a very nice man. He did not like people touching his things. He did not like people asking for his things. He did not like to share. If anyone came near his house and garden, he became very angry. Hey, hey, Wena, what are you doing there? Get away from my house. It is mine, all mine. Get away. <clears throat> so Mr. Shabalala did not have any friends. Some things made him so angry that he would shout. When people sat in the shade of the apple tree in the field behind his wall, they talked and laughed and made too much noise. Hey, shut up! Shut up! When the apples fell off the tree behind his wall, the children would pick them up. They played, ate apples and made too much noise. Sometimes his hens escaped through a little hole in the fence. When they did, they laid their eggs in the field behind his wall. He heard the woman talking when they found the eggs and knew they were taking his eggs home. But worst of all, sometimes a little boy would knock on his door and ask for seeds from his vegetable patch. I just want everyone to leave me and all my things alone. One day, Mr. Shabalala was so angry that he decided he was going to stop everyone bothering him. He grabbed his saw and cut down every branch on the apple tree that hung over his fence. 
<coughs> now no one can make a noise and sit in shade. No one will steal my apples. He blocked up the hole in the fence so that the hens could not escape. Now no one can find and steal eggs that belong to me. And he was so angry that he dug up his vegetable patch. Now there will be no more knocking at my door to ask for seeds. Hey, at last I will have peace and quiet without anyone bothering me or stealing anything. It did not take long before there were too many apples on the tree. Some started to rot and smell. There were too many hens, chickens and eggs. And there was no vegetable patch, so there were no vegetables for Mr. Shabalala. But there was something that was even worse than that. It was now so quiet that Mr. Shabalala got a headache. Sometimes when things are too quiet and there is no noise at all, it sounds very loud. Poor Mr. Shabalala. He didn't know what to do with all the quietness. So he opened his front door and shouted the loudest shout that he could just to make some noise. Suddenly, the people ran up to his house. What's the matter? Are you all right? Have you hurt yourself? Can we help? Mr. Shabalala didn't know what to say. Even though he had been so nasty and unkind, everyone had come to see if he was all right. They just wanted to see if he needed help. I, uh, I... And Mr. Shabalala felt so bad, he started to cry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so, so sorry. <laughs> We're sorry for making a noise in the shade of your tree, said someone. We're sorry for taking apples, said the children. And we're so sorry about collecting eggs, said a woman. Oh, no, no, no. I know that this is my fault. I was so selfish and rude, and I am sorry. But now I have too many apples, too many hens, and eggs, and no vegetable patch at all. So please, please, all of you, all of you, come, come inside, come inside. I will share everything, everything I will share, said Mr. Shabalala. From that day, Mr. Shabalala did share everything. He also promised to let the branches of the apple tree grow over the fence and to leave a little hole in the fence for the hens and chickens. When everyone left, he smiled happily. Not only because he had shared everything, but because now there were happy noises outside.
Suddenly, Mr. Shabalala realized that he still had no vegetable garden. At that moment, there was a soft knock-knock on his front door. He opened the door and there stood a little boy. Ah, you are the boy who always asked for seeds, said Mr. Shabalala. Yes, said the boy. But I know you don't have a vegetable garden now. Can I help you plant one? And for the second time that day, Mr. Shabalala had tears in his eyes. But this time, they were tears of happiness. Ah, thank you, thank you. Even though I had everything I wanted, I was never happy. Now that I am sharing all I have with you, I am so happy. to the end of today's story. I'm Celia Malane, and if you would like more stories to read, visit nalibali.mobi on your cell phone. That's nalibali.mobi. You can also get nalibali supplements with great stories and activities available every Sunday in the Sunday Times Express and the Sunday World, on Tuesdays in the Daily Dispatch, and on Thursdays in the Herald. Thank you to the producers, Leon Fisser, Cassie Laus, and Vion Fenter. Wherever you're GPSing to, have a kamikaze day uh, with Lindy Wesafio. It is now time for SAFM News with Utsila Sako. It's 2 o'clock.